The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Good, y'all. Welcome to In the Deep, a deep league-focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pitcher List Podcast Network. My name is Jordan White, and I'm joined here once again by my good friend and co-host, Christopher Schwebzy Weber. Schwebzy, happy last episode of the season? Hi, friends. Question mark? I guess. Yes. Yeah, it is. This is oh, no. It it's crazy, crazy to think about. It, it crept up on me, kind of. A little bit, as, yeah. as I was counting down to it. <laughs> waiting waiting for the time that you can finally be like okay i don't have to see this dude literally every single week so sick of this man the feelings mutual you scrub anyways we very clearly love doing this with each other all the time no yeah this is gonna be our last episode of the year probably we're gonna be taking a break until around i think november 7th which is the weekend after the world series ends so be sure to keep an eye out around that time we'll be back with streams and episodes then but until then, this is our kind of like last hurrah. So this is going to be a little bit lighter of an episode in terms of like content. We're probably going to take some time to do a little bit of retrospective too in the season and reflect a little bit. So if you uh, don't like people feeling sentimental, just skip the last part of the episode. I, I like that this is our last episode because we don't have to have like be accountable at all now. That's true. Or we could, we could just like, you know, <laughs> just fire off hot takes and not have to answer for it next week. We still have we still have Twitter accounts that people can find us at. It's already been proven that no one will send me hate mail because I try so hard to you get really people to actually, send me hate mail. You genuinely have tried very hard to get I people to send you hate mail. The only the thing time. you've gotten is baseball cards from Hookie. So the opposite of hate mail, really. The exact opposite of hate mail. Uh, Although he did send me a Chris Flexen baseball card, which you could argue is hate mail. That is a certain form of hate mail specifically made for you, mm-hmm. specifically made to make you suffer. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It was good. Uh, but yeah, as I said, we do have socials that you can reach us at during the hiatus. So if you want to send us any questions or anything like that, you can send us a tweet over at our Twitter account. That's in the deep PL. Or if you want to talk to one of us individually, because you don't want to talk to the other person. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but because we're both great. Uh, you can find Schwebzy at Schwebzy. That's S-H-W-E-B-S-I. And then myself at Bunt Singles. Uh, and then also we do have an email if you want to send us some mailbag questions, maybe we can get to them right after the World Series ends. That's going to be in the deep PL at gmail.com for those. Um, 
I think that's all the business up front. Uh, what's going on right now, Schwebzy? Oh, that was the business up front. And now we are going to party in the rear. So this is like the mullet section yes, of sir. the podcast. Yes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, one, one big announcement, uh, it for, from, uh, like me in the baseball world. So the, the Mets and the Brewers just finished playing each other. They did. As I'm sure, you know, uh, and I'm this- aware this this marks that like this is a very clear delineation where like the Mets have been officially eliminated from postseason contention now officially yes and normally what I do every year is uh when on this date when the Mets are officially eliminated I will shift my fandom uh to whatever team is most likely to beat the Yankees in the AL because I'm a hater um this is true but what, what we're doing this year uh what I'm doing this year partially because of jordan partially just because i like how they run their team uh this year i'll be rooting for the brewers instead hey one of us it's nice to have you on board just don't bring in any of that bad mets juju with you please I, I can't help it it's not a choice man oh gosh okay well i mean we'll try we'll do our best uh but yes so the, it was actually today the day that we're recording this that the brewers clinched clinched the uh nl central which is pretty great against the mets thank you mets we appreciate it really love uh, my brewers be- beating my mets <laughs> It's like watching your children fight, really, is what it comes down to. Except uh, one of them is like big and strong, and the other one is like a podcaster. <laughs> Lily White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, it was rough today. I mean, I mean, the Mets really did the Brewers a lot of favors today with three errors that helped them score like an additional three runs in that game. So that was nice, obviously. But no, I will say that Javi Baez did play a really good heel in today's game. Look, the, the the Mets have had like you, you mentioned that the the Brewers gave them every chance to win. That's the year. Like the Mets have had every chance to be a playoff have. team this year, and they were just like, "No, thank you. No, we're fine. Maybe we're maybe good. next year. We're gonna take this year off. We're gonna we're uh, gonna Mets. Mets are gonna Mets. Yeah. But no, I'm glad to have you on board for the rest of the season. Now we can just uh put the put our differences aside and uh strive towards a common goal, which is the Brewers winning the Aaron World Ashby. Series. We're just going to yeah, talk about Aaron Ashby all the time. talk about Aaron Ashby. I mean, I do enough of that for literally everyone on the internet, probably. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, what else is going on? Oh, just like not even related to baseball at all. I just put this in the notes because I want to talk about it. I adopted an elderly chinchilla, which is one of the most random things that I was not expecting to do. How, so how old is an elderly chinchilla? So they can live around like... 16 to 18 years like 15 16 18 years around that area he is 14 right now he does look a day over 12 he's yeah he's he's pretty youthful he's pretty spry for his age still uh but no his name is merlin he's very very cute i post a lot of photos of him on uh social media already so if you want to see pictures and videos of merlin be sure to follow me on twitter because that's probably going to be like a majority of my off-season content is posting photos of merlin that and food i guess but yeah uh let's hop it's, into it's a strong oh, follow it is a really strong follow um i guess with that let's hop into hop like a chinchilla into uh the actual meat and potatoes of the episode uh so for the offensive categories we're going to go with some just uh well, literal categories we're going to start with stolen bases uh i'm going to talk about nick gordon who's currently 12 percent rostered between espn and yahoo so gordon over the past like three plus weeks, since the beginning of the month, I should say, 
uh, has slashed 323, 373, 564, and has five stolen bases, which is half his season total. This is a really nice welcome addition to any team here at the end of the year. Uh, one of the biggest upsides with Gordon is that he is able to play all over the place. So he's been, since the beginning of the month, he's gotten playing time at second base, third base, shortstop, and then every outfield position. So he's literally playing all over the place. And I think that's going to lead him to not having any issues securing playing time over the final three weeks. Um, the upside is a little bit limited, obviously, because there's only a handful of games left and we're not totally sure how much he's going to run. Uh, but he's as good of a bet as any to grab a stolen base or two during the rest of the season. And actually, I think that Gordon's maybe someone that you should keep an eye on going into next year for your really, really deep leagues. Because obviously, as you can tell, because he's played so many positions over the past three plus weeks, he could just be a really good multi-tool for the Twins. And while he's currently listed as a platoon split with Brent Rooker, his splits are even from both or against both left and right-handed pitchers. So, I mean, maybe keep an eye on him for next year to see what he can do. Yeah, the the Twins have this fun propensity for rostering players with like multi-position eligibility who are not particularly good in fantasy. Yeah. Your your Astudios, your Arias's, Arias's words yes. are hard. Uh, and Nick Gordon has the chance to break that mold a little bit and be a multi-position player on the Twins, who's actually a good fantasy player. Yeah, for sure. He's uh he's been really really impressive over the past few weeks. Uh, I don't think anyone really expected this from Nick Gordon. Definitely not the power. Yeah, the power is the surprising too. He's because I think he's got three or four home runs. I can't remember. I don't have it up in front of me right now, but uh, really, really nice upside. I mean, and again, I think the one thing that kind of separates him from Arias and obviously Estudio is the stolen base potential here. Like Arias doesn't have bad speed by any means, but he's not stealing as many bases as Nick Orton's going to. So I think that alone kind of separates him from those other two. So definitely someone that I would look at next year in terms of, again, we love utility players that can play at multiple positions here. If he can get eligibility at two, three, four positions, he's going to be a really nice addition in your really, really deep leagues, 15 team plus. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the deeper the league, the more important those multi-position guys become. Oh, 100%. Well, and that's like one thing that we learned this year too, is just the sheer amount of injuries that so many people had at the beginning of the season. Schwebzy, you know this better than anyone. You dealt with it probably more than anyone else I know. Schwebzypain.jpg. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. For, for, for those who are unaware, uh, we, we kind of have a, a meme around the Pitcherless Discord of my face. <laughs> a, sad because of uh, various uh, Mets things happening, particularly Edwin Diaz. And it's now become a catch-all thing where when bad things happen, people just post my face. Which is fun. It's a really <laughs> terrible association. I'm sorry that you have to deal with it. It's, I mean, it's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just, I mean, your expression because that was it was taken. For, it was a screenshot taken from a live stream. Thanks, Yancy. It was very, very good. Shout out to Yancy Eaton for that one. We appreciate it, buddy. Because we have we've gotten so much entertainment out of it. But I do feel a little bit bad that your face is associated with just literal pain. pain. Uh, yeah. But oh god, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, Nick Gordon, uh, I would look at him in the deepest of deep leagues probably next year. He's not going to be someone you're targeting super early or even middle rounds in your 12-teamers, but 15-team plus, he's someone to keep an eye on to see what his role is coming into next year. 
Um, let's go to runs. Uh, Shrub, you have Harrison Vader here. Yes. A quick side note before I go into Harrison yes. Vader. You know, like you, you know how like you'll you'll word associate with something. Mm-hmm. Um, like it used to be that when I heard the word pain, I would remember Andre uh, Bauder Bowder from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine just going pain. Yes. That used to be what I associated the word pain with, and now it's my own face. That's just thanks. <sighs> That's horrible. That's horrible. I associate my own face with the word pain now. Great, but anyway, Shout out. Harrison Bader. Speaking okay, just like um, another sidebar. If you want to join the Pitcherless community, you can sign up for PL Plus, and you can also experience Shrubsy's face being associated with pain. <laughs> uh, if you go on the PL site, you can find us there, and then obviously you get an invite to the Discord. You can get access to a ton of folks like Shrubsy and I ask us advice on whatever you may have uh, for your leagues, whether they be deep or shallow. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, Shrebzy, just that little that little plug there, real quick. Uh, continue, company man. company man. So Harrison Bader, uh, this is now the third time we are bringing up Harrison Bader. Yes, I've, I've now talked about him pre-injury, post-injury, and now post-post injury slump. Uh, Bader has been kind of unreal over the past couple of weeks as uh, as a series of Cardinals take turns uh, just projecting devil magic. Uh, while Paul Goldschmidt has has been the uh, professional devil magic guy over the past few weeks it's this is what has brought me pain as a brewer fan over the past few weeks like great for fantasy uh players but man oh man man tommy edmund goldschmidt bader everyone's been unreal the past couple weeks but uh bader specifically has put up an all-round uh contribution he in the last 15 days he's put up 12 runs three home runs 11 rbi two stolen bases and a 411 batting average and that does not even take into consideration the home run that he hit today so we're counting him here for runs just because he is one of the stronger run contributors lately but he kind of does everything yeah. so i would just say just pick him up no matter what you need um there aren't a lot of strong contributors to runs scored available like i would i would say that runs scored is kind of a, a a strong indicator of fantasy contributions elsewhere so it's not often that you find strong run contributors on the waiver wire yeah. but uh yeah so bader is not doing quite what he did earlier this year where he was posting like 90 plus percent contact rates which was like way that was a huge aberration mm-hmm. for him but he's still doing a pretty good job for him at putting the bat on the ball overall this year like at the moment, he's more than 5% below his previous career best strikeout rate, which is a huge improvement. So we shouldn't be surprised to see continued strong offense out of him. Uh, I, I actually like, like Nick Gordon, but I feel much stronger about this. I, I think he's going to be a really nice value next year. Like if his strikeout gains can hold at all, like he's going to be a really nice, like, 20 home run 15 stolen base guy next year with like a decent batting average in it on a decent team like i i'm i would bet pretty much anything that harrison bader is going to be brought up in our offseason outfielder uh preview so yeah don't forget about him and uh as always when it comes to cardinals blame the devil magic 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely going to talk about him in the offseason, 100%. He's going to come up in our preseason. He's going to be someone that I'm very curious to see where he goes in terms of uh, ADP early next draft season. I think the injury is going to do a lot of work in suppressing his uh, ADP. Mm, okay, yeah, I could see that. I mean, because his injury was from what he... He he landed on a baseball and like displaced a rib yeah, or something. Yeah, I'm willing to write that off completely. Like he right. is someone who probably gets hurt. He's similar to like Byron Buxton, like someone who gets hurt who just because he's going so hard. I can mm-hmm. see that, but I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that off and probably feel fine uh, reaching just a little bit on Harrison Bader because he has been really really good, especially recently. Um, no, I've li- I've liked what I've seen too. Uh, so a- another strong run yeah, contributor that I really that, really someone that really- I talked about. <laughs> someone that I don't want to talk about at all. My, my notes for this player. Uh, so Alcides Escobar, the, my notes here are literally, ew. Yep. 21 runs in 30 days. Thanks Juan Soto. Yeah. I mean, that's a very standard. I feel like Mets fan transition to Brewers fan response to this. Um, this is someone that I pointed out. I mean, he's batting between Lane Thomas and Juan Soto, who are genuinely two of the hottest hitting players in baseball right now. They've both been excellent. So it just kind of makes sense that if you're sandwiched between those two people, if you can just get on base in any capacity, you're probably going to get driven home a fair amount. And he has been. So LCD Escobar, I mean, still available in 93% of ESPN and Yahoo leagues at this point. Uh, I would happily have him if like, even if you're in like at this point, if you just need to stream someone for the last week and change, if you're in a 12 teamer and you have a middle infield spot, go get him. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, So now we're going to talk about some, uh, some players who are good pickups for the power categories, your home runs and RBIs uh, where we're kind of bunching them together because not, not a lot of guys on the waiver wires are piling up RBIs without the, uh, without the home runs at this point. But uh, both of the guys that I'm going to talk about are on the Miami Marlins, which uh, as a low run scoring team might seem confusing, but these guys are in prime lineup spots and putting up numbers right now. We're at different levels of rostership here, and we're going to start with the more rostered player, the more known player, I would say, Jesus Sanchez. He is uh, at this moment, well, over the last 30 days, quietly putting up the ninth most home runs in baseball. And this is another player that we've mentioned before here as early as July 4th. Uh, Sanchez has made good on our thinking that with Corey Dickerson gone, the Marlins would give him every opportunity to succeed. And he has to, to an extent. He's not like, you know, he, he's not doing like a Juan Soto where he's very quickly blowing expectations out of the water. But he's showing that. Uh, as long as he keeps the strikeouts under control, he can be a quality hitter. Uh, along with the dingers, he's knocked in 23 runs over the last 30 days, hitting out of the three or four hole in every single game in September, except for one in which he hit fifth. When you're chasing RBIs, that's exactly what you want to see. So, And this is another player who I can pretty much promise is going to be showing up in our outfield preview over the offseason because I'm not expecting a high ADP. But I can see, like, I want to say, like, close to prime Eddie Rosario numbers. Ooh, interesting comp. I like that, actually. Um, Like, I I, I think you could see next year, like, a 270, 30 home run season out of him. Mm, I like that. And yeah, and his price is probably going to be pretty low, like you said. So I like that one a lot. Um, Oh, man. 
Yeah, he's seen a lot of run ever since, like you said, the uh, Dickerson trade. And then also like with Adam Duvall leaving to opened up even more opportunity for him as well. So, yeah, Sanchez is a really, really good pick. Uh, you also have another Miami Marlin here. Yeah, yeah, two Miami Marlins. Man, oh, man. So this one is a particular, this one is an even deeper cut than Jesus Sanchez. This is a uh, Lewin Diaz and uh, it is Lewin. It's spelled L-E-W-I-N, but pronounced Lewin. Uh, and so this is basically Jesus Sanchez, but less, a little less prospect pedigree. He hits slightly lower in the order. I like his prospects a bit less and he's owned in literally 0% of leagues and he's been less productive than Sanchez, just kind of less, but still something. He's been in the lineup every day. He's hitting fifth or sixth every day. He's striking out at a perfectly acceptable rate. He's hitting for power. He can absolutely hit a couple dingers over the next couple we- the next week and make a difference in your league because you know, if you're picking up like a corner infielder for the week like one or two home runs, he's done enough already. Um like Diaz's problem is that he pops up way too much. And I have a feeling that's a, that that is a fixable thing. He's uh he was the Marlins' fifth ranked prospect coming into the year, as per, as per uh, MLB, and yeah, like he so he, it's a lefty bat in a lineup that kind of skews righty right now, so he offers that balance. He's hitting in a prime lineup spot. I don't love the schedule. His remaining games are at City Field and home against Philly, and he's got matchups against Stroman Wheeler and a couple of uh, fellow lefties in Suarez and Hill. But he doesn't need, again, he doesn't need to hit 400 this week to be a good pickup when he's at 0% rostered. The people who are looking at him are just looking for like a fill-in corner infielder for a week. And we're just hoping that he can like pop a home run over the fence against Taiwan Walker, who's been a home run machine lately. And I I absolutely think that's something he could do. No, I love that. Um, yeah, someone like this that is pretty low. I mean, at this point, if you're just looking for empty power, at the very least, like he's probably as good of a flyer as you can take, I would say. Uh, and obviously, at zero percent rostered, literally across the board, he's probably going to be available in your leagues. So I like that one a lot. Honestly, um, there's going to be a lot of sneaky value. I, th- I think it's going to be a big favorite for a lot of people to call out Marlins outfielders, young Marlins outfielders next year as like sneaky deep league value or like just like late round value. So I think it's good for us to kind of get ahead of the curve here. The bad teams are fantasy gold in deep leagues. That's true. That is absolutely true. So I, I mentioned someone, I mentioned that you're not going to really find a lot of RBI without home runs but you you do have someone here who might fit that description for counting stats in general yeah so i actually i was going to talk about tommy Lastella. i think it was either last week or the week before i can't remember what episode i thought about bringing him up he was going to be one of my pieces that i talked about and i was like we really talk about the giants like way too much on the podcast so i was like i want to talk about someone from different teams so that way i can kind of break up the homogeny but I really have to say that my almost mention was not because I expected him to have like a power surge. Uh, Lastella has homered four times in the past two weeks, which is like a super starling development to literally everyone and most of all Tommy Lastella. <laughs> like, I mean, lucky for us that all he wasn't like selling out for power and like ruining everything else because that came with a 298 average and a 389 OBP plus 20 runs and RBIs combined. Uh, that really rounds out like a, an incredible stretch for him. Um, 
I obviously the four home runs are not indicative of what you should expect from Tommy Listella as that makes five total on the year for him. But I really still think he's worth grabbing for the final stretch of the season. If you need help in like runs average and on base percentage uh, departments, he's been getting everyday reps at second base, even with Donovan Solano back from his IL stint. And he is almost always in the leadoff spot when he's starting. So he should continue to get the lion's share of the reps there, barring any injuries. And I mean, that San Francisco offense, it feels like no matter who they throw in there, regardless of where they put them in the lineup, they always produce. So I expect him to continue at least scoring runs and like hitting for a good average and getting on base enough. Nice. I I think we should probably christen San Francisco as Atlantis because of how often they frequent the deeps. That's true. And Lamont Wade Jr. would be probably Aquaman in this scenario. I feel like there should be like... Or Brandon yeah. Belt. I feel like there should be... Because like one of the other teams that we very frequently have gone to, it's been like... It's been... In the second half, the Nationals. The Giants, the Nationals. Um, yeah, that's the true. The Giants, of course. Um, I guess the Marlins, technically. Yeah. At least the outfield. No. I, I, it's, but it's San Francisco. It's, it's, yeah, San Francisco has just it. been, I mean, they, they, they've the been favorites of ours since the literal beginning. So yes, I think Atlantis is a good nickname for them. I like that a lot, actually, Shwebzy. Uh And their king, Farhan Zaidi. I just want to, <laughs> can someone please, for me, can you Photoshop Farhan Zaidi's face over Jason Momoa Aquaman? <laughs> I would love to see it. If anyone can send me that, I would be so happy. Please. Oh, God. Uh, I, I want that I so bad. So. <laughs> but, but yeah um okay and then obviously so we have all of our different uh categories that we talk about stolen bases home runs rbis uh average everything like that and then we go go to the other category which is catcher because literally sometimes we just need a catcher to play somewhere but uh as Schwebzy brought up previously this dude has been pretty great lately and you probably should have listened to Schwebzy's advice when he said you should pick him up uh Schwebzy, we're talking obviously about Bear ruiz yes uh, K-Bear, uh, I th- when we first talked about him, yeah, like I said, he should probably be rostered in nearly every league immediately. Well, since uh, since his call up, he's been the number thirteen catcher over the last thirty days per per Fantasy Pros Player Rater, uh, and the number three catcher over the past fifteen days. So if you took the chance on that upside, then you have already profited. Uh, this is one of those fun situations where the skills displayed in the minors have directly translated to the majors like immediately because he's not striking out. He's putting the bat on the ball. He's flashing some pop and just looking like a generally quality bat. And this is at catcher where quality bats are few and far between. And that's the important thing here. We're not really filing Ruiz under a particular category because catchers are kind of a different beast where like, Anything with a pulse is worth rostering often, uh, and but Ruiz has been exactly what we hoped for. He's uh, he's he has just copy pasted his minor league profile onto his major league production, and it's it's lovely. Like I, where, where do you think Ruiz is going to go next year? As far as like catchers, like, yeah, like is, is he going to uh, be like he's going to be a top ten catcher, right? Easily, he's easily going to be a top ten catcher. I would say I would say probably top six catchers. Just based on upside, I mean, I made a joke before the pod saying, "Yeah, he's going to be this next, or he's going to be next year's Alejandro Kirk." 
but like I, I, I genuinely so think that like obviously like the sample size in the majors is not very big, but we're going to be very, very hyped on him. And I could see him being like, again, like the sixth catcher off the board. My, my response to that, by the way, was no, Alejandro Kirk is going to be next year's Alejandro yes, he Kirk. Is. Yes, he is. But, but I think both of those guys could are are likely going to be top ten ADP catchers oh, in the uh, in next year's draft. That's we not, are, uh, yeah. I don't think you and I are going to be able to talk about Kirk and uh, Ruiz next oh, year. Absolutely not. They're going to be fifty percent rostered or above the entire season. I would assume, unless like barring injury, obviously, where they're just going to be like if one of them is out for the season for whatever reason. But no, I mean, yeah, they're going to be rostered in almost every single league. It probably feels like, but yeah. Um, but yeah, let's move on from Ruiz and go to the other side of the battery, which is pitchers. So I'm going to talk about Eli Morgan real quick. So Eli Morgan is one of my favorite people that I'm probably going to target. He's only got one start for the rest of the season, but I think that the start is worth grabbing him for. So he just threw six shutout innings against the White Sox, which I mean, if you don't know, it's a pretty good offense. Uh, he had six he had six Ks in one walk uh, over six shutout innings. And his last matchup is against the Rangers, which feels like a really, really easy auto start after two solid six inning outings. Um, the Rangers rank third worst in the league in Exwoba versus right-handed pitching in the last month at 287. And that's been outperformed by their actual Woba, which is by like nearly 30 points. So uh, they've been overperforming their numbers. It's easy to think that Morgan would be set up for success here in the last go of the season. So, I mean, for me, he seems like an easy stream. I have claims in on him in as many places as I'm able to. Yeah. I would just absolutely stream him for this last start against the Rangers. I dig it. Uh, the, the Rangers have been a pretty, pretty abysmal offense yeah. this year. Like they're kind of in that tier of offense where I will run pretty much any starting pitcher out against there have them. Been very few bright spots. I mean, like Isaiah, Isaiah Kiner, Falefa, occasionally like very streaky and then you've got like adelise garcia who like hits a ton of bombs but his average is sub 250 also streaky also really really streaky so i mean i so uh we were we were talking about this pitcher pick uh during the prep for this podcast and uh i don't know if you're a very long time listener like from literally the very start of this podcast back in uh oh god what was it february yeah we started in february yeah um you, you'll remember that i am a strong hater of nathaniel low oh, because god. nathaniel low cannot hit a fastball to save his life but what he does do really well is hit change-ups for over the fence and uh i said it would be a really funny bookend to uh this season of podcasts if you chose Eli Morgan as your streamer pick and then Nathaniel Lowe hit a dinger off one of his changeups. So that that's kind of my, that's kind of what I'm expecting to now happen. So if, uh, you know, if you're looking at the box scores and, and Nate Lowe hits his, you know, it was like 18th or 19th dinger of the year off of Eli Morgan. Just, just think about us and just know that I will be <sighs> gloating to Jordan in the DMs. Soon I will be the pain emoji as opposed <laughs> to Shrubsy. He will be replaced. He will be dethroned. No, literally all year long, every time Nate Lowe hits a home run, I immediately run to Baseball Savant and make sure that he didn't hit it off of a fastball. He did. He did, it, did never, it never it is. never did. Not once. No, earlier, like, yes, but like occasionally he'll do it off of like a 91 mile an hour fastball or that something. That doesn't count. Yeah, it's never off of any kind of real below. I'm going to be really sad if that happens. I really hope it doesn't because I want Eli Morgan to do well. But yes, I, w- I want you to be right. But also it would be funny for me if uh, 
Nate Lowe did it would that. would be great comedy. One, you know, six innings, one run, solo shot for Nate Lowe. That's what I we can, want. I can get behind that. I can get behind that because it's comedy and I'm still somewhat correct, hopefully. That's a streaming win as as per Nicholas Peter Pollock. <laughs> at pitcher list of at, <laughs> at, at pitcher list of. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, let's go to your starting pitcher potential streamer, which is kind of dicey. I'm not going to lie. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I don't feel I don't feel great here. Okay. So th- this is a streamer I will be using myself uh, and, and I will be tense the entire time. But, uh, and this is again, se- several times we have brought up this player. This is a uh, Drew Rasmussen. And, you know, under normal conditions, I would be very happy running him out. But this week, his schedule is really rough. Uh, he has got a two start week, which normally we love as a uh, fantasy managers. But his two-start week is at Houston, at Yankees. And Yikes. that is dicey. We, we don't love that for anyone ever, really. But Rasmussen has been kind of matchup proof so far. Dude, he's succeeded against Boston. He's succeeded at Boston. He's, he, just, he never gives up more than two runs. It doesn't matter what the matchup is so far. Now, obviously, that can change at any time, and it will change at some point, maybe this week. Maybe he gets annihilated twice, but he's barely rostered. He's been amazing so far, and I think, you know, I think he can go five innings and give up two runs against any team in baseball as long as his fastball is working because his fastball, as we've talked about before, just doesn't get hit. Yeah, basically, no matter where he throws it, his fa- his fastball just gets Mirac- good results. Yeah, like no matter miraculously, what. like we talked, like well, I shouldn't say we. You talked about in a previous episode, like he can throw it right down the middle, and somehow miraculously, it just they can't hit it. It's really yeah. crazy. So, like, I I wouldn't actively bet money on him doing well, but I'm confident enough in it to I'm I'm going to be running him out there in at least a couple leagues. So, I mean, if, if you, I mean, if you need a two start pitcher. <laughs> You could you can yeah. definitely do much worse than Drew Rasmussen because I I mean again he's he seems matchup proof like you said I don't know he he's he's fared well enough at least against it's, really tough opponents. It seems really weird to call someone rostered so little matchup proof, but that's exactly what he's well, been I think so far. I think it's probably mostly because he like he doesn't put up like sexy stat lines. Like he does, he's not striking and out. He doesn't the, go deep. Yeah, he he goes like five innings. He doesn't strike out the world or anything like that. Literally, like it, looking at his last few starts, it's five innings, two runs, five innings, no runs, five innings, one run. And yeah. that's, dude, that, that is Toronto at Toronto at Boston. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the one disclaimer that I would slap on here is like, even though it seems like he's, I mean, he's handling really good offenses really well, maybe don't start him if you're looking for quality starts. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So since moving into the rotation, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's had seven starts since moving into the rotation. And those starts at Boston, at Philly, Boston, at Boston, at Toronto, Toronto. Yeah, those are tough matchups. And, and he has never given up. He's only given up more than one run once, and that was two runs. Yeah, steady Eddie, man. So, I, like again, I'm not super confident, but he's been doing it so far. If you need whip help, he's probably a pretty good bet because he does throw a lot of strikes, too. I mean... Yeah, he he should be pretty good. I like him for even against yeah. these. Oh, I, I, I wish I, I wish I could have grabbed him in a couple of leagues just to stream him for this last week. Uh. Yeah, 
so I, I will say not, not a quality start league no. guy, but love it. All right. Uh, absolutely might be, might be good for the ratios. All right. Perfect. And then I'm going to talk about, okay, so this is probably my favorite sneaky person to grab for two starts before the season ends. Um, and that's Miles Mikolas. I really, really like him in his last two outings. Like he came off the IL and then like has worked his way back up and has gotten his workload up to the point where he's throwing six, seven innings. His last two outings, he went up against the Padres through 6.2, no earned runs, three Ks, two walks. And then against Milwaukee, he went seven innings, only gave up two runs, three strikeouts, four hits, no walks in that one. Um, He's not a sexy guy by any means. He's kind of similar to Rasmussen in that way. He doesn't have like the crazy good stuff that Rasmussen has. He's not going to strike out the world, but he really doesn't offer up many free passes and he's going to help you in whip. And considering how crazy hot the Cardinals have been over the past few weeks, rattling off what today was their 15th, 16th straight win. I think 16th straight win. Like, there's a really high likelihood that he's going to be able to go deep enough in the game to get into a win situation. And with how hot that offense is, I would be surprised if they didn't deliver at least once for the rest of the season. So yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really I it. it. I mean, once again, bank on that devil magic. So a, another, uh, low key pick that, uh, not everyone is on yet. Uh, that is, I believe only going to get one start this week. Uh, and I'm pretty God. I I'm going off the top of my head here. It just occurred to me. Yeah. I, I want to verify, make sure I'm right about this. But Dakota Hudson, oh yeah, I believe is getting a start against the Cubs. Yes, I think so. And if that's the case, I like that start a lot. I would dig that too. I mean, the Cubs have been pretty. They they have Frank Schwindel yeah, aside. Frank Schwindel uh, aside. Oh my gosh, he's been so good, man. He's been so so good. He's someone that I'm sad that we did not talk about. Talk about like a retrospective for the year. He's someone that I'm really sad that we weren't on immediately. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that was just, it's like so ridiculous. I, I can't believe that it's, it's maintained. Yeah. He's been wild, but uh, no, I do like the Dakota Hudson call out too. Again, kind of a similar situation. Like you're going up against the Cubs, which is a pretty weak uh, opponent. They strike out a ton. I don't know what his strikeout numbers look like this year. For Hudson, uh, Hudson, yeah, oh, it's only been it's only been like yeah, one game of four innings, so uh, I couldn't remember if he had gotten a second start or not. But I mean, I mean, maybe some small strikeout upside because the Cubs strike out literally more yeah. than any other team in the league since the trade deadline. So, yeah. but I mean, if you are in need of a streamer, there are there are other like interesting names this week. Like if you want to, you you could go for Brady Singer against Cleveland. Uh, that I mean, that's going to be today if you're listening to this Monday. Uh, so you know, if you could do same day pickups, that could be an interesting one. Um, I, I know I'm sure there are a couple more, but like we we were browsing and there just there's not a ton this week. Yeah, I mean, there's a very limited slate to select from at this point. We don't really know. And there's like there is uh there is Bailey Ober at a it's going to be home against Detroit. That's another one that I'm I'm a that's fan not bad. of. I like that. Also, um. I have been talking about this pitcher all year long, you know, not consistently, but I, I have brought him up a couple times over the course of the year as I have just waited and waited and waited for him to get called up and healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, Miguel Jahure of the Pittsburgh Pirates is going to get the Cubs on Thursday, looks like. And Ooh. I like Jahure. That is uh, more... It, uh, 
I would say that's more of a desperation uh, upside start. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Jahure. I hope you. I hope that you can pick him up and at least like have some fun starting him somewhere, like just yeah. once before the yeah. end of the year. That'd be nice. <laughs> just for 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 championing championing him all year, it would be nice to get one good start out of him. Yes, yes. love that. Uh, uh, I don't think there's any other streamers that we can really think of right now that we were able to find that we really liked enough to recommend in any capacity. Well, there is one pitcher who could get a start potentially. Maybe potentially. I think if I remember right, I just gotta confirm this real quick. Um, let's see here. This is a player we've never talked about before. Yeah, this is a pretty niche for us. I'm actually. I, I think I mentioned him today, and Jordan had never heard of him. Yeah. So his name is um, Darren Dashby. Um, no, so no, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about Aaron Ashby again. Cause obviously, so he had, he did get his two appearances this past week, which was good. The first one was a little bit rough. Uh, he kind of got, uh, babipped a little bit in his, in his one outing earlier this week, but today pitched shutout inning, two strikeouts, uh, slider wasn't completely there. Didn't have great command of it, but luckily his changeup came and saved the day and he had like an over 60% CSW on it. So it was fantastic. Again, like the fact that he has three pitches, and the repertoire that like, especially the two secondaries that are very, very good. And if one isn't working, he can rely on the other to get him outs uh, is fantastic. Uh, currently, the Brewers have only, so it would be Monday, I believe, or, or sorry. Yeah, Monday they have off. And then Tuesday they have Woodruff scheduled. Wednesday they have Hauser scheduled. Thursday they don't have a pitcher announced for that day uh, or projected for that day. We don't know what Brett Anderson's state is right now. And Ashby did only pitch one inning today. So I think there is a distinct possibility that he does get the start against St. Louis on Wednesday. Or sorry, excuse me, Thursday. Um, I would keep an eye on that. Obviously, if you have him on your roster already, definitely uh, if you have daily moves, especially keep an eye out for it. I mean, you can obviously, if it's a weekly moves league, just toss him in there. And if he gets the start, he does. If he does... Or if he doesn't, he'll still probably get one or two outings this week. But yeah, like again, because he, he did only get that one inning today, which we both thought was strange because we were both like, "Oh my god, are we going to get another three inning save?" But turned out he only pitched the one inning. It, it was kind of an inefficient inning. He threw twenty plus pitches, yeah. but uh, we did we thought he might go longer. And but but that one inning appearance could mean two appearances this week, which would be yeah. nice because again, in the last fifteen days, he's got like what what is it three wins and a yes. save. Exactly. Which is fantastic. We love vulture wins when we are, you know, on the, uh, the, the, the good side of yes, those. Exactly. And that's the thing too, is I think that part of today, him only pitching one inning was the fact that the Brewers were clinching. And I do think to a certain extent, council wanted to get both Devin Williams and Josh Hader into that game so they could help lock it down. Cause it's, it's a big game, obviously like they were up four runs yeah. at that point and it wasn't a safe situation, but having both those guys, pitch in front of the home crowd to lock it down and actually lock down the division was a huge thing for them and for everyone obviously so i do think there is a shot due to the only just the one inning of work that uh, ashby does get to start on thursday so keep an eye out for that all um, right all right uh and then do we have any relievers we want to talk about at all this week i mean There's it's not a lot it's out your there. usual right it's your usual array of barely uh, somewhat rostered closers it's 
really it's the same guys we talked about last Arlo week. It's still it's, out there. Right. Joe Joe Barlow is has been like really good. He got another save yeah. yesterday. Uh Fulmer again has been getting all of the save opportunities and Fulmer has been awesome. I mentioned that Fulmer was my favorite of the bunch and he has uh, you know show it proven uh that assessment to be accurate. Uh Givens had a blow up and a win, which was interesting. Uh, the two separate days. It was like a blow up one day, then a win the next day. Uh, Chafin continues to be just okay. Barlow gets saves. Um, David Bednar is back and healthy, so Stratton is no longer a thing in the save. Uh, you know, in in the closer role probably, and Estevez continues to be who he is. So, but yeah, I I would still be targeting probably of that bunch, Fulmer and Barlow yeah. and Bednar. Bednar. Uh, is the number one priority of that bunch if he's available for you? Just because he's probably the best pitcher of the bunch, you would say. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I don't think it's close. Love it. All right, uh, I think that's actually all we have for actual content this week. Uh, this, where we have forty five yeah. minutes. Oh my god, what? I know it's crazy. Yeah, there's really just not like that much to talk about this week because I mean, obviously, there's only a very small slate of games left, and we like especially for like streamers too. We don't really know that many guys that we actually really want to recommend. So a lot less to talk about this week, but I mean, I guess just as like a retrospective Schwabzy, do you just off the top of your head have like one player that you're really happy? Uh, you saw them, you're really happy when you saw them break out or like you felt like you had like a really good piece of analysis. And then if, if there's anyone that you feel like you super missed on. I, I think the, the guy that I'm happiest about, um, like if we're if we're talking like guys in our territory, like our twenty percent and under, like preseason mm-hmm. low, low ADP, I, Brandon Belt is the the one he's, person that yeah. I am. He's he's very he he was one of the best hitters in baseball. Just he is flat out one of the best hitters in baseball, and he has proven that again this year. Whenever healthy, um, I, I definitely said uh, on this podcast that if healthy, he should be in every league, and he has borne that out which is awesome. And I feel really good about that because I, you know, I, I feel like we, or I think early on we were doing deeper dives into players, uh, than we are now, uh, just because, uh, we, we had to, because, yeah. uh, you know, there wasn't any data from this season to die, to, uh, look into. So I, I feel good about the process there and, uh, yeah, he, he's been, he's just been amazing, especially last like month or so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, Belt is probably like between us one of my favorites that we've gotten. Pro- probably close to the favorite. Because, I mean, like his numbers last year were absolutely absurd. And we're like, oh, yeah, he probably can't replicate that. He'll probably be good, but he probably can't replicate it. And I think he's been just as good, if not better, this year, just over the course of a full season. Not to not to even like count how big of a leader he's been for that San Francisco squad, too. Electrical taping a C onto his jersey. I he's just like, love that. Yeah. He, d- he just fits the vibe of the podcast a little bit too. Just kind of like a very meme uh fun dude. But yeah. Oh, and I, I have a definite um, like lesson learned for myself this year. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm going to spend a lot of time this off season uh, debating whether I should change my stance on it. Okay. I, so this isn't necessarily limited to just deep league, uh, candidates mm-hmm. just in general i completely wrote off old pitchers this year oh same yeah 
I have I have zero shares of Granky, zero shares of Wainwright, Morton, Scherzer. Just I, I have I don't roster those guys in any leagues. And I you know in in there's even like Rich Hill. Like yeah. I, I definitely I definitely had him as like a streamer at some point because he's the only guy of that bunch that was actually like on waiver wires at any point. But like I yeah, I, I completely just said, nope, I'm not taking that risk in this weird year after last year's year off. And I think that was a big mistake because those those veterans seem to be almost some of the best suited players to like coming back after the weird year. Yeah, they've been fantastic. I mean, I was lucky enough. I wasn't targeting him at any point, but he was just like a very late round addition for me for my TGFBI team was Adam Wainwright. And he's been probably my best pitcher. And I draft I drafted Jake DeGrom. Uh it's been it's been wild having him on my team this mm-hmm. year. He's just been a very surprisingly good performer. Um yeah, man. Uh I think I'm, I'm just like looking back at, back at old episodes. Someone else that we called out when he was sub 20%, Tyler O'Neill, who's been fantastic and is probably going to shoot up draft boards next year. Um, someone like, I mean, we were talking about McClanahan and Patino, which I mean, Patino less so. Um, let's see here. Who else? But, I mean, your your Jazz Chisholms, your uh, Jonathan Indian. Brandon Do Crawford. We- we talked about we, earlier. We got, year. Like we were on Jonathan India. Like the second he got into that mm-hmm. leadoff spot, he was amazing, and we were right on that. So like there, there were a lot of good callouts. I, th- I think uh, I think our process was good this year. I think so. Too. There's always improvements to be made. I will say that my biggest callout. I mean, I'm just continuing to stay on brand because I always do. Is just talking about Aaron Ashby literally in the preseason, and talking about how good he was going to be, uh, all the way back in like March. Um, when he was just killing it in spring training, he's been fantastic and he's going to be a huge piece of that Brewers bullpen during the playoffs. I can't wait for that. Um, and also I just can't wait until next year when he's probably, I can only assume that he is going to be like either a sixth, fifth or sixth starter, or at least a huge bullpen piece playing a similar role to someone like Brent Suter, who I could see getting a ton of wins out of the bullpen too. So I'm very excited about that, obviously, as a Brewer fan, plus just like from a fantasy perspective. I think that's one thing I definitely undervalued is like the guys like Brent Suter and Colin McHugh, who are like followers, who are like bulk uh, kind of firemen, and mm-hmm. how many wins. Like Yarborough from years yes, past. And just how many wins those guys can accrue. Um, that's one thing that I think I've undervalued. And I think a lot of us as like players undervalue in general. Um, so I think that's something I'm going to look at closer com- coming into next year as well just like added value late in later rounds of the draft but yeah i think uh so this this is something that uh, you know obviously we we are keenly aware of as the year goes on and something that we would love to stress the the quote good teams the teams that we think of as well-run franchises those are the teams that you need to be aware of when looking for value late in a draft that's where you're going to find your Brandon Belts. That's where you're going to find your Evan Longoria's, your Luis Urias's, your Willie Adamez's. Yeah, and that that's you know? yeah, that's one of the big things is when you see these teams making trades, you know mm-hmm. you know, like the like from an analytical standpoint, they know that they see something in there and they're really good at analyzing players and finding value in like very unexpected places. And really, I mean, that was one of the things, like two of our favorite teams, the Rays and the Brewers, when that Adamas trade happened. I mean, that's one of the rare trades where literally both teams, it feels like they won. 
Yeah, Fire Ice and Rasmussen and Adana's have yeah, all been incredible. Just fantastic. It's been there is there's like a bit of a, a a meme in the baseball world that's like don't trade with the Rays because they see things in your mm-hmm. players that you might not. But like that don't trade with the Rays things means that you're also getting Rays players. Like look at your Cronenworths a couple years ago and look at this year the Adana's trade. Like when the Ray uh, and Joe Ryan yeah. to Minnesota. Thing is, don't like, trade with the Rays if you are the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's pretty <laughs> much the only rule, I think, is what it actually comes but, down yeah, to. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty much it. Um, oh man, I'm just thinking about that haul that they got for Archer, and it's just mind blowing. What is it? it? Was Boz Glass now and, and Meadows? Oh my gosh, just unreal. Is, and then they got Archer back a couple of years so later. Dirty. It's so dirty. Truly uh, one of the best. Yeah. yeah, I mean, teams that we love here, uh, I would say Brewers, Rays, um, Giants, obviously, for Farhan. Astros even have pretty good depth, like especially like in their outfield. Oh, yeah. Look at Toro, um, yep. Myers, Siri, all these guys that came up and just even just had a good week for a little like bit. That. In, in your head-to-head leagues that week matters. Yeah, absolutely. McCormick too. Yeah, McCormick. I I remember when uh, I, I, I loved. Yeah, there there was one week where I thought like you say Kikuchi was like an amazing stream because the Astros were like ravaged with COVID, and then Chaz McCormick like lit him up. Yeah, it was bad. I had him started. I had uh, you say Kikuchi in my TGFBI starting lineup that week, and it was yeah. bad, not great. But, but I do. I, I think we could. Like j- just because of the relationship you and I have, and like all the time we spent on this, I think we could do an entire episode and you know a, a series of episodes on just like lessons learned from this year and like what we should do in the future. But we, and that is actually probably going to be an off season podcast at some point. But yeah, you know we we've we've got to wrap up this season at some point. I guess so. Fine. And uh, before before we do that, um. I just want to point out, Jordan, have you have you like l- looked at our numbers this much this year? No, not really, honestly. Do do you know do like do you know how many like downloads we've got this year? I could not tell you honestly. I haven't I haven't looked at the downloads in like since like early in the season. So I'm I'm not saying this to brag. I'm I'm saying this to say thank you because we've got like 94,000 downloads this year. It is crazy to think about. I'm not allowed to curse, so I cannot properly express how shocked <laughs> I am at that number because I didn't know what that was until I just looked to do this. Thank you. That's wild. That's honestly really wild. I didn't think that we would even come close to scraping that. Right. And I am not an emotional person, but I'm tearing up a little because that's mind blowing to me. Like I, I really thank everyone who listened to us this season. Like, I don't think 94,000 people should listen or, <laughs> you know, I don't think people should listen to my advice 94,000 times. And, you know, thank you to Nick Pollock for giving us this platform and for amplifying us once we were on the platform. Yeah. Nick has been, I mean, I, I will say like, that's one of the best things that, I mean, yes, this podcast came from like my joining the pitcherless community. And I was, I was not very long for the pitcherless community when I reached out expressing interest in having this opportunity. I had, I had only been part of pitcherless for what, like six months at that point. 
And yeah. I had already made friends with so many people. And like, that was one of the things during like quarantine when we were, everyone was like locked, locked down, like really, really hard. I made so many friends through picture list. And like, I consider a lot of these people, some of my best friends that I hang out with multiple times a week. Well, well it's virtually obviously, but right. I mean, I spent a lot of time with folks here, Schwebzy and like Josh Sperry and, uh, 11745 K who's one of our very good friends too. And just like Nick and like all the nights that we spent playing games together with everyone from the picture list discord trivia nights with Yancey and Malika and everyone else just, I, I really can't express how good it's been for my mental health to have like such a solid community of people to like run to in a really, really like rough time in the world. So it's been really, really nice. Right. And on the one hand, we are bragging because we're like, ha, we have friends. <laughs> but on the other, you can too, if you're not a part of the Pitcherless Discord yet. Yeah. Like it's, it. yes, we are shilling, but we are shilling because it's, it is a place that we love. Like it's, it's just a great place to be. Yeah. It's been fantastic here. Obviously the more the merrier, please join us if you want to, obviously. <sighs> yeah, no, it's, it's. It's really, I, I consider myself very lucky to have met so many people, including Schwebzy. Like, this has been very nice. Like, Schwebzy was kind enough after uh, vaccinations and everything like that happened. We were able to meet up in real life, which was a joy and wonderful thing. We got to hit batting practice together, which is fantastic. Uh, just, yeah, we're, we're really, really fortunate to be able to do this and to spend time with one another this much. And while we may get sick of each other sometimes, particularly looking at each other through a webcam for... So like sick five hours every single Sunday night for an entire season. We're really lucky to be here. That's really nice. I appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. And we both in turn appreciate all the people yes. listening. All right. Enough of this love fest. It's time to call it. That's been a season for us. We did it, Chubsy. We made it through an entire baseball season. We, we did, did it. it. We did it. All right. That'll be it for the final episode of the 2021 season for In the Deep. Thank you all so much again, like Shrebsy said previously, for joining us throughout the season. We love you all. Uh, and honestly, I'm just going to leave it at that. With Shre- with, with, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, on that note, Shrebsy, send them out. Bye, friends. Bye.